Welcome to Staying at the Table. We are friends and community and part of a church called Cornerstone Christian Fellowship in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Despite our many differences, we aim to stay at the table, which means we don't walk away from each other when we disagree. We believe the best of relationship comes when we're willing to listen to each other, showing love even when we continue to see the world differently. In this episode, we welcome Joni Miller into our podcast as she shares her journey with our former pastor, the Reverend Dr. Robert S. Miller, through his diagnosis of cancer and into her journey with grief. We thank you for joining us today. Welcome back to Staying at the Table. Welcome to our 23 24 season. We are so glad to be back with you all. So glad to that you have tuned in. So um, we're continuing our conversation surrounding staying at the table. And today we have with us the Reverend Sophia Futris. Welcome, Sophia. Great to be back. We have Joni Miller, our Director of Worship in the Arts at Cornerstone Christian Fellowship. Hey, Joan. Hi. Welcome. Welcome. Glad Thanks you're for with us. Me. And of course, we have the most amazing Dave Moore, who is our sound tech guy. And we are missing. Matt Kistler and Reverend James Beatty, they'll be back with us in future podcasts. So today we're continuing to talk about what does it mean to stay at the table and what does that look like? And it's not just staying at the table with relationships. That's so important. But there's also this side of staying at the table, willing to wrestle things through with God and willing to wrestle these things through with God when life doesn't give you what you want or when life um, comes in and there's tremendous suffering. How do we stay at the table with God and not walk away? And today, Joni is here to share her story about um, her husband, our pastor, Um, the Reverend Dr. Robert Miller, who passed away in 2015. And Pastor Bob, so I'll refer to him, um, and Joni began Cornerstone Christian Fellowship in 1989. And Pastor Bob was the pastor here, senior pastor, for 28 years. And as I said, in 2015, he passed away. In 2013, he was diagnosed with metastatic bone cancer from prostate cancer. And Joni has never had the opportunity to share her story and to share um, what this was like. And, you know, from from being a part of this ministry to... Um, walking with him in this very public way uh, as he was diagnosed and that journey and grief and and the suffering that they both went through, what she went through, God in the midst of it. And it's such a powerful story. It's going to make me get teary already, my Lord, and just her uh, tenacity and resilience in remaining 
and walking through it. I want you all to know we have three boxes of Kleenex (laughs) (laughs) that are by us because you're just going to hear a lot of tears. But it's such a poignant story and uh, her ability to remain, stay at the table in her relationship with God in the midst of so much. So I'm going to turn it over to Joni to begin sharing with us her story. And Sophia and I will be interrupting and asking questions and clarifying questions. And as you all know, we do not plan these conversations. We plan them and then we let it flow. So uh, we're going to let it flow today. And this is, I'm sure, going to be more than one or two podcasts. So Joan... I'm going to take it away. And thank you. Thank you for... Mm -hmm. I can't talk to you without (laughs) crying. (laughs) Thank you for sharing your story and for being willing to come in. Thank you. Well, it's very sweet that you all would invite me in to do this. Um, I've molded over in my head and we've had so many conversations over the years. Yeah. So um, I'm going to try to... Speak it so that, you know, just keep blowing your nose while I'm talking. That's fine. I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me at all. If you have to do something, Sophia, just go ahead. Just bodily functions flowing here. Just duck um, and cover out of the microphone. Just, you should see the, the movements that are happening outside of the microphone. So, all uh, good here now. It's just the intro. That's right. That's right. So welcome. Yeah. So I, I went through my, um, my red journal today, which was the journal of everything that I went through in 13, 14, and early 15. So I might I might bring some of that into what I share later. But um, yeah, so I'm just going to kind of breeze through like the chronologically and kind of get us into the story. Uh, it's kind of the only way I can think of doing it. But um, Bob would go on hikes um, for his sanity he would do usually three to 10 days, um, Appalachian Trail. And he was on one of his big hikes in 2013. I think it was June after Dana had graduated from college. And um, and he kept saying, oh, my leg hurts. My leg hurts. You know, can you help me? Could you rub it? You know, like typical guy, you know, serve me. <laughs> <laughs> rub rub this thing that hurts <laughs> and uh or partner you know whoever happens to be with you just like yeah and um and then he he just braced it up and went which was his MO to just plug through stuff and uh he did like a it was like 17 miles a day and he did 10 days of that i think he was in georgia this time um he would always say he was going for 10 days and then miss us and then come home early and um, and then I remember the next thing I remember that was June. I remember us actually going away in September, September to Gettysburg, and it was the weirdest thing. He he couldn't kick the kickstand. We we went on like a twenty two mile bike ride, and he he was great on the bike, but as soon as he went to move his like sideways to kick the kickstand, he had tremendous pain, and that just continued through October and November, and then. Finally, I think it was early December, 
um, we started going to doctors. Went to the general doctor when, and he sent us to an ortho, ortho guy. Um, that was probably the most horrific day of he, my life. Was that day? Um, we went into this ortho guy right across from Peoli Hospital, and he's like, "Well, let me take some X-rays." And they had an X-ray machine right there. Like you didn't have to go and wait. And he comes back, and there was just black spots on Bob's leg all the way through the bone up to the side. Um, he goes, this is not what you want to see on here. So we're going to have to do further, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, the guy knew. So on the way home, we called Tony and Tracy, and they came over, and we just blabbed together and sobbed, and I think that was early December. I don't know. It got cut. It was in- October. October. Okay, we're not in December yet. Not yet. Yeah. I don't know because I remember um, we didn't want to tell the kids yet um, until we got final results back. And um, and so they they went, they did more testing. Basically, it just started unraveling. And um, by Christmas Eve, when we waited till the kids got home from school, or from um, their jobs, actually, they were out of school, and um, it was just—it was just like like think of a nightmare. That was a night. That was the nightmare. You're getting ready to open presents at Christmas, and go, "Hey, we got to talk." Bob's not feeling good. He's laying down. We just got done with the Christmas Eve service. You know, we're just plugging through all these things and trying to keep our heads from like exploding. And then we had to explain to them that. Basically, he had cancer, mm. and um, that and, made for just a horrible Christmas Eve. And by that time, they knew it was prostate. Yes, and that it had metastasized to, to the his bone. bones. Yeah, so it was growing quickly. Um, sometime after that, we told the church. I think it was that next week, maybe, because um, we were all still around and. Uh, so then we started treatment and um, got into a, a good program, and he started getting better. And it was, like, amazing. It was like, you know, we could see just healing happening. He, he could move. He was feeling better. He had one bout of something not related. He had ended up in the hospital in, like, January or February, and... Um, and then we, uh, yeah, we had this whole basically almost a year. It was like nine or ten months where um, we were bike riding, we were hiking, we were going to the beach. We were just having fun. Like it was like this glory year. And um, I remember being behind him on a on the bike, like he was up in, ahead in front of us because he was always first in front of us. <laughs> and... Um, and, you know, he was so athletic and so, like, together. It was just, it, it didn't make sense that he would be sick. So this was like, oh, he's getting better, you know, and you just, it was just an amazing thing. And um, I'm going to yeah, pause you. Yeah, go ahead. Tell me what, as far as you want to tell. So you guys get this diagnosis. It's out of the blue because, as you said, Bob has been a very healthy man. 
his whole life. Oh, yeah. Very athletic, very able, very capable. And um, you get this diagnosis. What's happening in you? What are the conversations that you two are having? So you, you brought us through quickly. What are the conversations you're having when you get the diagnosis? What are the conversations that you're having pre-telling the kids? What are the conversations you're having after telling the kids? What, however far you want to go with that. Well, I don't remember a lot of the conversations. I think I went into, I think we both went into, let's get through this mode. Like I didn't want to stay there too long. Stay where? In, in, in the horror. Okay. It was just, it was to even think of the possibilities of where that would lead. And, you know, I do remember one conversation. He was laying on the bed in our bedroom and I was standing by the dresser. And he looked up and he said to me, um, I don't want to die. Mm. And I said, you're not going to die. And then from then on, that was my job. Was what? To make him not die. Okay. <laughs> like, I, you know, you just think, like, oh, we can do this. You know, and, and I do think a lot of <clears throat> great success stories of illnesses are people that have been able to combat things mentally and, and overcome things that you shouldn't be able to overcome. Sometimes that just doesn't work, mm-hmm. you know, and I felt like I was going to be um, this this source of encouragement for him. And as I look back through journaling and writing things down, you know, it's just constant um, verses and prayers that people would pray over us and words that were given um, that were meant to encourage and lift up, you know, later on I looked back and went, huh? (laughs) You know, but at the time, and this is, I want to say this very clearly, I would never give up the, make sure I say this right, um, holding on to faith. Like I would never give up that we did that. You know, that we had prayer times, that we prayed over him incessantly, that we grabbed onto the Bible in verses and um, visions because it made what we were going through bearable and like we could handle. It gave, it gave a lot of peace. I have, I have many places in my little red book, and this is just the first book. I have a whole other one that I didn't open today, but... Um, where it'll be, you know, it would say something like, you know, Tracy started praying over Bob right before he was going in for his spinal tap, and I remember you you would remember mm. this, Trace, um, and we saw I saw I had a vision of angels right. coming in and like pouring through his bloodstream, like literally white, going through his body, and and I said and I felt such peace. And like I would read something else where so-and-so prayed and, you know, I had a, a dream about Bob. And um, 
And I would feel such peace. And Bob would feel such peace. So, yeah, that's just a kind of a setup for later. And um, in whatever way that helps understand the process. But so basically we, we got through 13, 2013. Um, spoke to the church, which was another just, you know, 250 people in a room weeping and coming up to hug Bob. And um, uh, I remember <laughs> in true Bob fashion, he said, we pulled up to the church. He goes, well, now I know how to get people to a congregational meeting. <laughs> 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 he goes, just tell them. Because it was a packed house. Because it was a packed house and there was a lot, there's a lot of, a uh, lot going on that night. Um a lot of good, th- a lot of great things happened that night. Um, so, yeah. So then we moved, like I said, into fourteen. Started the Lupron. We were on our bike rides. We were going on family vacations. We were hiking. We were talking. We were taking walks. We were just having. It was just this year of uh, beauty. And then I guess, oh, I don't know. So let's pause here one more time. Yeah, go ahead. So, I mean, it was a golden year. It was very special. It was very... (laughs) There you go. Don't do this. I will not. (laughs) It was very special time for you and Bob. And um, just the, the, the sweetness of the relationship. Yeah. In the midst of it, he's also maniacally, I'm going to use that term, doing things in the house. Yes. Like he's fixing yes. everything that can be fit. Like I've never seen the man. I mean, I've known you guys forever, 17 years at that point. And he was like, fix it, man. He was getting rooms done and floors done. Yeah, he emptied the kids' rooms. So they still had their childhood rooms kind of in order. He, all of a sudden, he just started, he boxed up, I think it was Christy's room yeah. first, uh, tore off the carpet, fixing the floor. We did the floors. He just, you know, stuff he did never the bathroom, done before. Did the bathroom. Yeah. He rehabbed the bathroom. With Tony, yeah. Yeah. He did that. So he, he was going to town. Do you think he knew something? I don't think so. Okay. Because I, all of our conversations were, you know, God's got a way, God's going ahead of us, you know, claiming into, just claiming onto healing. Like most of that came from him. You know, he was driving that, that God is moving and healing. So and I'm I'm going to believe it and I'm going to read these books and I'm going to move in it and that's where I'm going to stand. So he picked up on standing and believing God for healing, which is part of what our church believed yes. in, right? Was was divine healing. And he he picked up on that and really like you said was reading books. He was even writing. He he started to write about it. See the things I'm remembering. Keep going. <laughs> right. And and the church grabbed a hold of that as well. Yeah. 
that we were going to stand and believe for his healing and the miracle. And so when we saw this happening, yeah, we all looking at it going, oh, yeah, he's it was, healed. It was a circus. Like people were coming to see Bob. Yeah. They were coming to visit the church. Because of, cause he was doing so well. Yeah. And he's healing. And okay. they had heard about the cancer and about the diagnosis and, you know, all the things. Yes. And, um, yeah, they were bringing, like, prayer shawls to him and things they prayed over and books. And, I mean, they were handing him all kinds of paraphernalia all the time. Yes. I'm curious, what... In the middle of all of this, right, the the initial diagnosis, then this period, and then the period we're going to get to, what is your what is your relationship with God sounding like? How is it shifting? How is it pressing? What is it sounding like as somebody who's supporting and encouraging her husband through this diagnosis? Yeah, there's there's uh, I mean. I wish I had one of my things ready to go here, but I don't. Um, Just look for it. We, we got time. La, 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 la. Play the la, la, la music. Um, you know, all, the problem The problem with my writing... <laughs> you can't read it. Besides that, it's out of order. <laughs> oh, Like I right. literally put stuff in the back and then I put stuff in the front. Yeah. And then there's stuff in the middle, and there it's not it's not in the right dates. It's not linear. No. Yeah. And See, that, that's kind of how my brain works. Yeah, anyway. I know. Um, you know, I ha- what's interesting is it was a continuation to answer your question, whether I read this or not, and find the exact quote. Um, my relationship with the Lord was tight. And I was I was in a pocket just of fellowship and searching after his presence in worship and in my devotions and in conversation and prayer times. And so it was just because, I don't know, because I had that closeness with Jesus, I, I was able, like, it just continued. And so when the horror show of 2013 hit, it was still there. It was like... It's like the well was just full, and and it was like easy to come to and say, "All right, I I just need this right now, God. I can't make it through today, you know, or you know, I need this for the kids because they they were going through their journeys and all the things they had to imagine in their brains and and not be there. They were still away. They were all living Mechanicsburg in Carlisle, um, so. Yeah, so I think it was just this continuation. And as I read through the the things I was writing, that really didn't change much. Now, after Bob died, there's a couple spicy things that I wrote to the Lord in the here. (laughs) You know, and uh, I don't mind even like going over those things because, you know, it was all so real. Um, Yeah. I mean, there was, there was weeping a lot in our house. I I think for before me before in twenty, I, I just think through the whole thing. Yeah, you know, thirteen was just horrible. That 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 December was horrible in November. Um, it's almost like I, I don't even want to tap into it too much. <laughs> like it was just brutal. 
to get that news. And then I think seeing him get better was just this like, oh my gosh, like this is a, like, it was just felt so good. Like I just couldn't even imagine that this was happening. And then when, when he started not feeling good again, I guess that was like October. Um, and then we had to go in. And what happened was the Lupron stopped working. It was like September-ish. It was September. We were on another trip. Yeah. Yeah. And, he- and, and so they were taking him off of that and putting him, trying some new thing. And, <clears throat> and then other things started showing up, you know, like... And they then they started doing more testing. And so that, you know, and I think I just kept going to the Lord through all of it because I don't know. I didn't really have like another option. You know, seriously. I mean, there was no other options to for me personally. You can only talk through stuff so much with great friends. Thank God that you have great friends. <clears throat> but there's a point where when your spouse is in the hospital and you're at home and I'm reading these texts as I wrote them all down in my book um, that we were writing back and forth to each other and it's like, I, you know, it's just so empty. <laughs> and you're like, I'm not going to make it. Like, I'm seriously not going to make it. I can't call Tracy 30 times a day. I can't call friends over every minute for everything. You know, um, like I'm seriously like, and and I feel like those kind of guttural prayers started entering in when you realize this thing came back and it's not getting fought. You know, we were still holding on. We were still holding on, but it came in hard. Came back with a it vengeance. It came hard and it came back fast. Right. Yeah. So I see you have little flags. I do. Do you have anything there you'd like to read or share? Well, yeah, I mean, just so chronologically, we're at pretty much like October now, November. Once again, Bob's in the hospital for Christmas we went and picked him up Christmas morning because he developed <clears throat> a large tumor on his spine. He had already had an eye patch on because he had double vision. I had forgotten all about this until I read it today. Um, and was getting headaches and just feeling horrible. And it was like, it was like he was being attacked, you know, um, ravaged internally. And they, they just couldn't keep up with it, no matter what they tried to do. Um, and he had surgery on his spine. He had surgery, like, a couple of days before Christmas. Right. And, and then was We went released. and picked him up Christmas morning, brought him presents, and brought him home. Um, and it just, it just never got better. He went through... He had a PT thing where this people would come to the house for PT three times a week. They brought in specialists. Because he was losing the ability to walk. Yeah, and the spine surgery. And yes. yeah, it was just all becoming. And then he, he had double vision. So 
No, went to a neurologist. They had no idea why he had double vision. Started getting MRIs. You know, it, all of it, none, none of it showed what was really happening. I don't know if they took the right pictures of the right part of the spine. But later on, yeah, other things show up. But so then, yeah, by like he was, he was just not doing well. And meantime, the church is having prayer vigils. You know, things are just, people are just praying over Bob and sending verses and sending visions and sending dreams. And, um, yeah, so this is, um, this was from February. So this was probably, oh, God, 22nd was a week and a half before he died. And I'm, I'm writing, where do we go from here, God? Um, and this is what I've heard him say. Stay with me. Stay so close. You can feel my breath as your breath. Don't move quickly. Steady. I am still here. The I am has never left you for a moment. Mm. And then I wrote down Psalm 91, Five and six. Do not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Mm. And um, so that's the kind of stuff I was holding on to. You know, literally a week before he died. Um, and then. Uh, yeah, it, it's kind of it kind of all blurs together. I don't know if I'm giving a the right chronology of it all, but you know, we get through Christmas and then he gets through PT. It looks like he's walking better. He's going to radiology four times a week. Like we had to set up a schedule for people because I couldn't do it all for people to come and take him to radiology um, for him to receive. He was getting radiology. Radiation? Radiation. Yeah, radiation. Yeah. The pinpoint stuff. Yeah, radiation. Um, yeah, so he was in that program. He was on drugs. He was getting physical therapy. And it just, he wasn't getting better. So I'm going to pause you there and go to you, Sophia, for a minute. Because you drove Bob. Mm-hmm. And... Asked him a question. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about it, actually, as you were sharing. So one of my drives with him, I said, I, I said, how, I said, I can't even remember the actual question, but I remember his answer. You and said something like, what is, what are you hearing from God in this season? It was something like that, or what are you feeling or sensing? Yeah, and he said... I've never felt as close to God as I feel right now. And I feel like I am his child and that he loves me so much. And he said, I've never felt as close as I feel as I do now. Mm. And that has, that always stuck with me. You know, that in the midst of his suffering, what he sensed the most was the presence of God. What? No, it's just... It was just that kind of a time. I, it's it's hard to explain, like, 
We were just clinging to God for every breath, every minute, every second. Mm -hmm. You're like, you never just went and prayed. It was just, you were all day just pouring your heart out to God. Yeah. And begging for mercy, begging for healing, just throwing it all out there. You know, and just hoping he would, God would grab something and receive that and bring it back to us. And like he did, like it happened in 2014, you know, it's like, do that again, you know, bring that back, God. Um, yeah. And what happened, I don't know how much longer you want to go, but, um, you know, we went... We went through all of that in February, and um, I remember Valentine's Day trying to cook him a, a steak with a you know a potato and a you know some cool desserts and stuff I had gotten from the grocery store, and um, and he couldn't really eat very well. Couldn't took a few bites, and that was it. Um, and then went back to bed. You yeah. know, it was just like that. It was like he, he just. And then, so I'm going to pause you there too. Okay. So in the midst of this, I know you have people that are coming in and out when he was in the hospital praying for him. You have people. Well, we weren't at the hospital yet. I'm talking about over December. Oh, December. And yeah. then when he was at home, I mean, the last sermon that he preached was the Christmas sermon. And then, um, and then he... When he was at home, people were coming in and out of the house. And you and he were continuing to stand, as was were others, but you and he were continuing to stand and continuing to believe for his healing, as was um, him included. That So when you even read that, what you read... That was kind of your MO. That was kind of where you, like, it wasn't, it wasn't um, a lie. Let's put it like that. It wasn't that you guys were, mm. were even wavering. It was, it was holding strong and, and trusting God in the midst, even in the face of losing his, you know, having double vision, wearing the patch, getting weaker. You know, all of that. And I, I I say that because, you know, I want to go back to something that you said, and it was, I wouldn't change the faith that we had mm. during that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, you know, I'm going to bring us to a, a close, and then we're going to pick up. Okay. But I say that because you both carried that, including your children, through to the very end, that you stood, you stood strong, and I and there were many in the church that yes. that did that same thing. Yes, many. And I think that, I think that's part of what was shocking. Mm -hmm. I think that that's part of what threw us all for a loop, is where it ended. Yeah, and 
And you and Bob continued to stand firm, even in the face of doctors looking you in the eye and going, he's going to die. And you all going, let us just, why? And we'll get into this next time. Okay. Why? Just let me believe what I want. You don't have to keep telling us this. So we're going to talk about that next time and talk about kind of where this landed and then the after. So... You ready? <laughs> we yeah. We'll take a little break. So, um, thank you for tuning in today. Yes, this is f- for our first podcast after coming back. This is certainly an intense one, but you know, it, it's a it's a real one. It's an important one. And again, I go back to it is, you know, there's a lot of tables that we have to continuously remain mm. at and that require us to to uh, fight for our seat at that table to remain when everything in us wants to run. I can look at you. <laughs> so, Staying at the Table is hosted today. by thank Dr. You, Tracy Saletta, Matthew and Kistler, and James Beatty and, and produced by Hear It Sound and, and Studio. To all of you Got a question or a comment or a topic you want discussed? Email us at adminccf at gmail.com. We'd love hearing from you. And don't forget to subscribe to keep up to date with new episodes coming out. And if you're feeling kind, leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. Find out more about staying at the table at cornerstonewestchester.com. Cornerstone.